0: We are starting a new series all about dating and marriage and singleness and relationships and it's called XO. And uh, you know, we just came out of a series called This Time Next Year. How many of y'all enjoyed that series in the month of January? My favorite part was seeing at the end of the series my friend Yvonne proposing to his girlfriend Shelby. And if you weren't here, you gotta watch it online on our app or on YouTube, it was so special, powerful. And then we had a great message last weekend from Dr. Billy Wilson on seeking God, so thankful for him. But today we're starting this series about relationships and God spoke to me that before we deal with your relationships with others, we need to deal with your relationship with yourself. And I know that might sound strange. You might go, I don't even know if that's biblical. Does God actually talk about me having a relationship with me? How you view you will determine how you treat others. Your self-worth will determine how you treat the relationships in your life. Whether you view yourself as that worthy or that beautiful or that uh, 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 good enough, whatever it is, it affects all of our other relationships. And you know, I was praying about this series and God spoke to me to really deal with a character in the Bible that we can all relate with. That there was this guy in the Bible who had relationship issues. And uh, he was a husband, he was a dad, he was a son, he was a brother, and he had issues with everybody. He had issues with his dad, with his mom, he had issues with his sons, he had issues with his wife, he had issues with his brother. And the reality is, all of us have issues in our relationships, even if you don't admit it, just turn to the person next to you say, you got issues, and look back at them and say, you got issues too. You got issues too. Now you might go, well, I don't know about that. No, until you admit it. Here's the deal. I've never met a person who doesn't have issues. (laughs) I got issues. (laughs) You're like, what are your issues? It's none of your business. Come on, get out of my business. (laughs) The reality is all of us do. We do. We have inner issues issues of assuming things of what people are saying or thinking we have issues of reading into stuff and misunderstanding each other and did you know this that the leading causes of divorce and by the way did you know the leading state for divorces in our nation is oklahoma <laughs> that more than half of the marriages in our state have ended in divorce and 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 i'm not here to condemn anybody there's no guilt no shame but i want us to dig beneath the surface of why Why separation happens? Why relationships end in heartbreak and heartache? Because I think you'd be surprised that the reasons aren't what you think they are. That beneath a lot of the behavior that's destructive and bad and some of the stuff that happens that causes people to split up and, and the things that happen that cause us to feel heartbroken, that beneath that, there's something at the root of it. And so I feel like the story in the Bible is a story about a guy named Jacob and God wants us to learn from Jacob's life. The issues that he had in his marriage and in his relationship with his dad and his mom and his children. And so let's go to Genesis 27. Yeah, you can make some noise. We welcome those that are watching online all over the world. Welcome to victory. Genesis 27, and it's a story about when Jacob pretended to be someone that he wasn't. His dad was getting ready to bless the oldest son in the family, the oldest child got the inheritance, the oldest child. In, in Israel's society, uh, would always get the blessing from the parents. And so Jacob was the youngest, and his older brother Esau was about to be blessed. And this family had a lot of favoritism going on. And so the mom came to Jacob and said, listen, I just overheard your dad talking to your brother, your older brother Esau, that he's about to bless him, and that he told Esau to go and make a meal for him and bring a meal back, and after he eats, he's going to bless him. And, and the father was blind. He was old. He couldn't really see. And so the mom said, here's what you're going to do. You're going to pretend to be Esau. Your dad can't really see you. So you're going to pretend to sound like Esau, to look like Esau, so that you can take Esau's blessing. Because I want you to get it. Isn't it interesting that it was the mom that was trying to coerce and manipulate the son to be manip- manipulative? We got to be careful as parents what we're trying to force our kids to do that's really not what God's called them to do, trying to live our dreams through our kids' lives. This is what I wanted, so I want you to do it. This is who I wanted to be, so I need you to be it for me, because there's some sort of satisfaction I find in you doing what I wish I could have done. So Jacob, can you do this? And Jacob says, Mom, what if Dad touches my skin? My skin is soft and smooth, and Esau is a hairy man. And she says, don't worry about that. He says, well, what if he finds out that I'm pretending to be someone that I'm not? She says, let the curse fall on me. And so we jump to verse 14. And and so Jacob had brought this meal in, prepared for his father, pretending to be Esau. And it says that Rebekah dressed Jacob up to look like his brother, that she put Esau's clothes on Jacob. And in verse 16, she covered Jacob with The hair of goat skin so he would feel like his brother Esau. We got to be careful what garments we're placing on our kids. What kind of costumes we're putting them in. Jerseys. I need you to be this for me. I need you to do that. And so she dresses him up to look like his brother. And she says, take this meal to your father and you'll get the blessing that your brother was supposed to get. So he went in. In verse 18, he says, Dad, and Dad says, who's there? Who are you? That's the question I want to ask you today. Who are you? Who are you? Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Are you pretending to be someone that you're not? Church is one of those places where we like to put our filters up. We like to kind of put on our masks and our capes and kind of act like everything's good, I don't need prayer, I'm all good, pastor, nothing going on here, I don't have issues. They got issues, but I don't. You got issues. Who are you? Isaac was asking his son, who are you? And, and Jacob said, why, it's, it's me, Esau. It's, it's your oldest son, Esau. And he says, uh, How did you get the meal so quickly? God must have given you success. And Isaac said, come closer to me so I can see who you really are. Sometimes we can get so good at pretending that the people closest to us can't even recognize us. We can get so good at pretending to be someone that we're not, that we're fooling everybody. But we know, the man in the mirror, we know who we really are. And we're not fooling God. He sees past the makeup, past the mask. He sees past the cape. He says, come closer. He says, you sound like Jacob. But as he touched Jacob's hand, he says, you feel like Esau. You sound like Jacob, but you you appear to be Esau. And in verse 24, he asks one more time, are you really who you say you are? Are you really Esau? And Jacob said, I am. And he says, bring me the meal so that I may bless you. And in that moment, Jacob stole Esau's blessing. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us today, God, on knowing who we really are. I pray that we would leave changed, convicted, challenged, revived, renewed. And Lord, that we would get real with you today. Holy Spirit, take over in this place. Take over as people are watching online. God, I pray that this message would challenge us at the core of who we think we are. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Did you know right now there are more than 3 billion social media accounts in the world? 3 billion, that half of our world is on social media right now. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social media accounts there are after that, Snapchat, Periscope, all that kind of stuff, that people are at this all-time hunger and thirst to be connected with each other searching for connection, and yet we're the most disconnected society that's ever been alive. And that's why in the State of the Union Address, we found out that right now drugs are at an all-time high in our nation, and you know that the top drugs that are uh, being spread the most are the drugs to try and cope with the inner depression that's going on, the medication to try and fix this depressed mindset because we're comparing ourselves online. And right now, there's more than 1,500 websites that are matchmaking websites, even Christian ones, to help people find a mate. But people are finding out that when they meet the person in person, that it's not who they appeared to be on their social media account. That the pictures don't just add up. That the information they shared, it's different when they meet them in person. It's because there's a whole lot of pretending going on. We're in an imitation epidemic right now in our world. It's not just in America. It's in nations around the world. There is an imitation epidemic. Get this. On Twitter, there's 48 million fake accounts. 48 million Twitter accounts that aren't actually real people. It's people pretending to be someone. Someone. And they're making multiple accounts to follow themselves to feed some affirmation hole in their heart so they have enough followers and enough retweets and it's themselves pretending to be multiple personalities. (laughs) This is crazy. On Facebook, there's 83 million fake accounts. 83 million fake accounts. (laughs) I wonder how many of your friends on Facebook are actually real friends. (laughs) And then on Instagram, over 80 million fake accounts. I want to preach a message to you today called fake accounts. Fake accounts. Everybody say fake accounts. Because in the last month, I've had some people making fake accounts about me. (laughs) In fact, even just in the last 48 hours, I found out someone was pretending to be me. And they were following people and they took a ton of pictures off of my actual Instagram page and they posted them. I think we've got the account up there. It looks like me. It appears to be me, but it ain't me. That's not me. And, and, and it's creepy because they have pictures of my kids. Right? I mean, they took stuff from, I hope it's none of you out here right now. I'm just kidding. I know, I know it's no one in our church. But somebody's, somebody's imitating me, there's an imposter out there. Will the real Paul Doherty please stand up? Please stand up, <laughs> right here. So who is this guy? Who, Who is this pretender? <laughs> we had to report it to Instagram and come to find out there's a lot of imposters out there. People were telling me, hey, I was getting direct messages from you asking for money. I was like, it's not me, I don't do that, I would never do that. And I think there's an epidemic going on of people pretending to be someone they're not. You say, what does this have to do with marriage and relationships and dating? It has everything to do with it. Because we're going into relationships with filters. And once we're in it deep enough and long enough, all of a sudden we start to see the real you. And we see past the mask and the pretense and all the things you've been hiding behind. Where did this start with Jacob? Why was he feeling the need to pretend to be someone that he wasn't? It started long before this. Jacob was someone from the very beginning, even in his mother's womb, who was itching to get what his brother had. There was a wrestling match going on inside of their mother's womb. In Genesis 25, verse 21, Isaac and Rebekah, the parents of Jacob, they were barren. They couldn't have children and it was a little embarrassing because Isaac was the son of Abraham and God promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations and yet his only child can't have children. And so Isaac cries out to God. He says, God, please, please give us kids. Give us kids. If we just had kids, everything would be good. And so God gives them kids. God opens the womb of Rebekah, not just one child, but she's pregnant with twins, it says. And so in Genesis 25, Verse 23, verse 22, Rebecca was feeling this this wrestling match going on between the two babies in her womb. It was a prenatal war going on in there. And she says, why is this happening to me? Has any person in this room ever asked that question? Why is this happening to me? A few of us in the room, what's going on inside of me? When God impregnates you with a vision, a destiny, there's always a battle within, there's a war something inside me is wanting to do what's right and something inside me is wanting to do what's wrong there's there's the inner me that's that's good and there's the inner me that's the enemy and there's a part of me that that knows this is what paul dealt with in corinthians and romans chapter 7 that part of me wants to do right part of me what's wrong with me what's wrong with my uh, habits why can't i overcome this addiction why can't i break free of this there's a war within our souls To be a pretender or to come out and just be real. Who are you? Who are you? And when the babies came out of Rebecca's womb, one came out first and he was hairy and he was red. And and, and God said, these nations are warring inside you and one will be stronger than the other. The older will serve the younger. And so the first to come out, the oldest one, they named him Esau. And right behind him, the twin brother is grasping the heel of Esau as he's coming out. And they named him Jacob. Jacob was a heel grabber. He came in second. He wanted so bad to be first place, but he came in second. There was this internal competition, comparison game that was going on. Sibling rivalry. You don't even have to teach it. It starts right when we come out of the womb. Who can get daddy's attention more? Who can get mommy's love more. Right now, my kids, they love to wrestle, and there's always this battle, right? When I come home, they start running to me, and it's, who can get to daddy first? You know, they're pushing each other and shoving each other, and y'all are looking at me like you have perfect kids. Man, get out. I know you got issues in your house, all right? Well, my kids got issues, and uh, (laughs) Liam and Benaiah, they're wrestling. They're they're shoving for each other. They want to get to daddy. All of us have a need for a father's approval in our life. All of us have a need for someone who's older and wiser and who's succeeding to say, you've got what it takes. You can do this. And so Jacob and Esau, they're wrestling and and, and they come out and Jacob's grabbing his heel and they named him by his behavior. They gave him a name to match his behavior, heel grabber, competitor. Do whatever it takes to try and beat your brother. Lie, cheat, steal, manipulate, deceive, deceiver. And so Jacob lived up to the name that his parents put on him. He just didn't have an opinion to argue against it. And it says as they got older that Esau was a great hunter, that he loved the outdoors. And because of that, verse 28, Isaac, who also loved the outdoors, loved his son Esau. But Rebekah loved Jacob. There it is. That's the reason why Jacob has such a hard time. That's the reason why Jacob will put on other people's clothes and other people's pretensions. That's the reason why he's making fake accounts. It's because he's trying to get his dad's approval. He's trying to win his dad's attention. Oftentimes we address the behavior and we don't address the issue beneath the behavior. We say, well, your husband, he has issues with pornography. Well, your son, he's got issues with drugs. No, 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 it's not the drugs. It's not the porn. It's not the alcohol. It's not the affair. There's something beneath that. We gotta stop just looking at the surface and going, that's the issue. That's not the issue. I'm so thankful the Bible doesn't just talk about behavioral issues. It talks about our psychological, emotional, depth, heartfelt wounds and needs. And Jacob has a wound. And so his behavior is it's all over the place. It's all over the place because he's searching for his dad's approval. As a young kid, I, I always wanted to hear my dad say, I got it. I can do it. There was a competition. And, and it didn't have to be a competition, but I, I made it a competition. It was constantly competing to try and get his attention. Even to the point, as I, as I got older, I grew up in church. I was in church when the doors were open till, till the doors were closed. As a pastor's kid, any PKs in the house, any missionary kids, there was, there was always this, you know, I'm here, I'm listening to the word. You can know all about God, but not know God. And so when I graduated high school, I remember going to Oral Roberts University, any ORU students in the house or alumni. And I was, I was convinced that I was gonna find the one, and that the one was going to complete me, like Jerry Maguire, that she was going to fix my issues, my needs, and so I knew all about church. I had memorized scripture, I knew about God, but I didn't know that God wanted to complete me, and so I was walking through the prayer gardens, going to chapels with one eye open during worship. Is she the one? Is she the one? Oh, she might be the one. She could be the one that fixes me. Ooh, and singles, we think this sometimes that once I find the one and once I get married, all my issues will be solved as if the issues stop at the front door of the house of marriage and they're left out there. No, no, no. They follow you into the house and they multiply inside the house and you find out what issues you really have, that the selfishness is legit and the pride is real in the need for affirmation, and communication, and understanding, and someone to say, I love you. I'm proud of you. You got what it takes. And so when we, when we can't figure it out, we start, when we don't have it, we start looking for it in other places. Like Jacob, we start searching for it in other places, pretending, making fake accounts, trying to, isn't it interesting, even celebrities make fake accounts. It was found out this past year that Kevin Durant had a fake account. (laughs) And uh, he's a famous basketball player that left our state. We bless him in Jesus' name. We forgive him. But someone was making fun. People were picking on Kevin Durant. He didn't wanna get back at him on his own Twitter account. And so he created a fake account that he would hide behind and he would get back at the people that were criticizing him. And then, you know, found out he was a little embarrassed because they found out that it was actually him that had created this fake account that was attacking people. And he, he, he laughed about it. He's like, my bad, you know, but all of us, all of us have these fake things. We have these things we want to hide behind these masks. My son came running through our house the other day. Actually, it wasn't the other day. It was a couple months ago. And, uh, he was wearing a Superman cape and a Batman mask. And he said, I'm Super Liam. And you know, I was like, that's awesome, Super Liam. And he says, I can run super fast and I can fly super high. And he jumps off the couch and he says, I am Super Liam. And I said, I love you, Super Liam. And then all of a sudden he, he had this sad face and he took off his mask and he took off his cape. He said, I'm not Super Liam. I'm just Liam. And it was so special because I looked at him. I felt God was speaking to me. I said, well, I love just Liam. You don't have to wear a mask. You don't have to wear a cape. I love just Liam. And he says, thanks, Daddy. I love you too. <laughs> it was so special. I said, Liam, what do you want to be when you grow up? He said, I don't know. I want to be like you, Daddy. Daddy. I said, really? I said, you want to be a preacher? He said, no, I don't want to be a preacher. (laughs) I had to release the Rebecca inside of me, trying to place the the clothes on him and force him to be someone that maybe he's not called to be. We got to stop it. At some point, we got to say, hey, it's okay to be Clark Kent. Take off the, the, the cape. It's okay to be Bruce Wayne. Take off the mask. We know you're not Batman all the time. It's okay to be Peter Parker. You don't have to climb walls to impress us. You don't have to catch the back. Like, we love you just for who you are. I hope the church can be a place where you can get your identity back and stop putting it on your your salary and the car you drive and the house you live in and the company you work for and the masks you wear and the capes you have on. And if you can hear me somewhere, someone who's watching online, I, I just feel like God's wanting to talk to you behind your mask and say, I love you for who you are, but do you know who you are? Who are you? What is your name? Who are you? And Jacob continues on in Genesis 25 there's this moment where Jacob and Esau are, are competing against each other and Jacob's cooking good soup and Esau's working out in the land and Esau's exhausted he's famished he's thirsty he's hungry and he and he sees Jacob with this bowl of soup and it smelled so good and Esau said I need some of that soup I need a bowl of that soup I need a soup bowl I need a super bowl Come on, you knew I was gonna sneak it in there on Super Bowl weekend. (laughs) You know you're a dad when you start making puns from the Bible. Super Bowl. Can I get a Super Bowl to fill the hole in my soul? (laughs) This is what Esau was saying. He says, I I have a a void, and the bowl is gonna fill the void. And, And Jacob said, okay. I'll give you a bowl for the hole in your soul. I'll give you a bowl, but here's the thing. I want your birthright. I want, I want the most valuable. How valuable is your soul? What good is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul in the process? What good is it to have all the money in the world, all the, the stuff this world can offer, and not know who you are, not know whose you are, and, and hide behind the mask of money and, and pride and selfishness and and blaming everyone else in your life for your behavior. And so Esau says, my soul's not much. My birthright's not much. It's, about, it's worth about a bowl of soup. Give me a bowl. And so Jacob took his birthright, took his inheritance for the bowl of soup. Both brothers had identity issues. Both brothers had self-worth issues. Both brothers were dealing with self-hatred and disgust. Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment in the world? And he said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so many people miss that last line. So many people in relationships are looking for someone to fill that void. you got to love yourself before you can actually love others. you got to love yourself. You say, no, I'm not going to be a narcissist. I'm not going to love myself. That's prideful. I hate me. You don't make yourself better by hating yourself more. You don't make it. You're not a better husband by hating yourself more. You're not a better wife by saying, I'm just so ugly. I'm so fat. Nobody loves me. I I just hate myself. I look in the mirror and stop it. The reason so many relationships are hurting is because people don't actually love themselves. They don't have a real good view of themselves. Jesus said, you've got to love yourself so you can love your neighbors. If you can't make peace with you, you can't make peace with Esau. You can't make peace with Rachel. You can't make peace with Laban. You can't make peace with these other people in your life, your parents, your children, your spouse, your brothers, your sisters. It all starts with you. Issue. You. It's issue. It's your issue. An issue starts with an I. Everybody say I. it's not their issue it's your issue what is your issue what is the thing that's causing you to put up the fake accounts everybody has a bowl your super bowl is different than my super bowl everybody has a bowl for some people in the room when, when there's problems at home our bowl is to go work more so we put on you know 50 60 70 80 100 hours a week at work because it's the bowl to fill the hole in our soul. I can't go home because there's issues at home, so I'm just gonna stay at the job. I'm gonna work more. And and some of us, our Super Bowl is social media, so I I gotta have this bowl, more likes and more followers and more comments and more retweets and more shares, and and that's gonna fill it. No, no, because once you eat the bowl, you're still empty. You need another bowl and another bowl, but there is a fountain that does not run dry. There is a well of living water. Jesus says all who are thirsty, come and drink from the well that will not run dry, it'll quench your thirst. Better than Instagram, better than an affair, better than more sex, or more sports, or more money, or more work, or a bigger house, or a nicer car, or more drugs, more opium, more cocaine, more meth, all the stuff you're using to try and soothe the pain on the inside, it's just not enough. You keep needing more bowls, and the bowls won't fill the hole. And you keep putting up fake accounts and filters at church and everybody sees it, but you gotta see it. You gotta see it for yourself. It's not the porn, it's not the behavior. There's an issue beneath it. There's something there. You're searching for significance. You're searching for approval. You're searching for a father who would love you. Favoritism was so big in this house. Isaac loved Esau, Rebecca loved Jacob. And so after Jacob stole Esau's blessing, Esau found out and he wanted to kill him. And I'm almost done. I want the keys to come out. Esau wanted to kill Jacob for this. And so he went on a hunt for him. And it says Jacob ran far, far away, so far away that Esau couldn't find him. And Jacob found a new life, a new identity. And his identity was now in a a wife. And he acquired lots of camels and cattle and sheep, and and he had children, and he became the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, the father of Joseph. We did a series about Joseph a few years ago. Jacob had all the stuff that he wanted. He was prospering on the outside, but he was miserable on the inside. He was suffering inside. The inner me had become an enemy. And so he had issues with Rachel, his wife, and he had issues with his kids, and he had issues with the other people in his life, and he had issues with Laban, his father-in-law. He just couldn't accept that anybody actually loved him. The second people got close to him, he just kept feeling he had to put up more filters. I gotta impress them. I got to, In order to keep them, I've gotta do more for them. I've gotta, I've gotta show that I'm prosperous. I gotta, I gotta produce so that I can look like I'm important and one night he decided it's time to go back home. In fact, God spoke to him and said, Jacob, you need to go back home. It had been 21 years since he had seen his brother Esau, since he had cheated his brother out of his blessing, since he had pretended to be him, 21 years. And in chapter 32, verse one, it says, Jacob decided to go back home. And while he was on his way home, he sent, in verse 3, he sent messengers in front of him to go and tell his brother Esau, I'm coming back to the land that I left. And I've got lots of stuff. i got plenty of stuff. i got so much stuff. I hope it impresses you. And I'm going to give you all this stuff as gifts, as a peace offering so that, so that you don't kill me. <laughs> and it says in, in verse 6, the messengers that were sent by Jacob to Esau came back to Jacob. They said, we, we went to your brother Esau and, Just so you know, he's coming after you, with 400 soldiers with him. And Jacob was afraid, and he was stressed out. So he starts hiding, he starts separating his bank accounts. This is gonna go over here, this is going in the Cayman Islands, I'm gonna put this over here, I gotta hide this back there, I gotta hide the porn, the drugs, gotta hide all the stuff that I've been covering up with. He was finally about to have a judgment day. But it wasn't with Esau. Little did Jacob know he was about to talk to God. And he thought to himself, if Esau comes, if he attacks me, if he takes one of my things, then maybe one of my other things can get away. Finally, Jacob talks to God. Number one, if you're going to break free of the fake accounts, if you're gonna make peace with yourself, if you're gonna have a healthy soul that you can have a a healthy soul will produce a healthy marriage and a healthy family and healthy relationships. A healthy you is the greatest gift you can give in every relationship is a healthy you. But to have a healthy you, number one, you gotta face God. He's the one who made you. He named you before your parents could name you. He saw you before your parents had seen you. He saw the struggle inside your mother's womb. Before hell could put a curse on you, heaven had already marked you for a destiny. And when Jacob faces God, look at what he says in 32 verse 9, Genesis 32 verse 9. He says, oh God of my grandpa. You can see the relationship he has with God. He knows God through his parents. It's time to know God for yourself. There came a time where I had to stop knowing God through Billy Joe and Sharon Doherty, and I had to get to know God for me. In fact, it was at ORU, after I'd been rejected in a relationship by someone that I, at that time, really liked, and it really wasn't a relationship. It was a, I thought it was a relationship in my head. There never really was one. <laughs> and she said, we're just friends. We're, there's never gonna be anything here. And, I remember just going to the piano room at Oral Roberts University, Tim Barton, and just crying out to God. I said, God, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why am I not accepted? And when you don't like you, you think everyone's against you. When you don't like you, you assume that everyone's talking about you. When you don't like you, you, you read into so much crud. And it's so ridiculous, because the reality is it's you. It's not them that has an issue with you. It's you that has an issue with you. And you're taking it out on them. I said, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with them? What's wrong with her? What's wrong? And I start thinking back ever since I was a kid that I was, I was feeling like I carried some sort of an abandonment issue. I, I had parents growing up. I had a good dad, a good mom. But abandonment issues cause people to do two extremes. One, they cling. They cling to their parents. That's right now what our youngest child is doing, Beniah. Don't leave me! Every single day that I go to work, don't leave me, Dad! You know, he's like, Velcro, just tattoo me and I can't get him. He's holding on to my leg. He's, he's got some issues. <laughs> We're working with it. Don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. Or the opposite is avoidance. People with abandonment issues, they avoid, they hide. Jacob went off and he hid from Esau and he hid from his dad and he hid from his mom and he hid behind his herds and he hid behind his prosperity. But now he was facing God. He said, God, I'm unworthy. Verse 10, he said, I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy and I need help, God. Because I'm about to face the guy I've been competing with my whole life. I'm about to face my biggest comparison issue. I'm about to face my brother. I'm about to face the guy that I wish I was. And it says that he sent all of his stuff in front of him. In Genesis 32 verse 21, that night Jacob's gifts went on ahead of him. He sent gifts to his brother Esau, hoping that it would stop Esau from killing him, but he spent the night in the camp by himself. That night, he sent his wife across the river. He sent his children. He sent his servants, and he was left alone in verse 24. Something happens when you get alone with God. I don't know about you, but I have issues sometimes in isolation. I like to be connected. I like to have my phone with me. I like to have friends with me. I like to have my wife with me, my kids with me. And, and yet every single day, I just hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit. I hear God saying, get alone, get alone, get alone. Not alone for the whole time, but get alone for a moment. Listen to God. Talk to God. Open up to God about your stuff. Face God. Face God. Face God. And, and put away all the distractions turn off the phone and just face God. And here Jacob was, he was all alone and a wrestling match began. This is crazy, it says that Jacob wrestled that night against someone he didn't even know. Someone just started wrestling Jacob and it was God, God was wrestling him. He was the great wrestler. Jacob had been wrestling God his whole life. Been wrestling against what God wanted for him. Number two, you gotta face yourself. You gotta face yourself. You gotta look at the man in the mirror. You gotta look at the woman in the mirror. And you gotta look at the things that God's looking at. He sees you, he sees past the fake accounts, past the filters, he sees you for who you really are. With God, he says, no filter's necessary. Just come as you are, face yourself. Face who you've been all along. And when the man saw that he could not overpower Jacob, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip. So here Jacob went from fighting God to now leaning on God. He had a limp in his hip and he's clinging to God. I need you. I need you. I'm not letting go. Jacob was Leaning on God. He was clinging to God. Number one, you've got to face God. Number two, you've got to face yourself. Number three, you've got to surrender yourself. Everyone else can see it, but you've got to see it, and you've got to deal with it. God, God, I need you. Draw me close to you. never let me go I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend you are my desire take the place to feel the warmth of your embrace help me find a way bring me back to you was seeing God. He was saying, God, I I can't do it anymore. I can't wear the mask. I can't pretend. I can't keep comparing and competing. I'm exhausted. My hip is out of place. My outside condition is finally looking like my inside condition. Jacob had been limping on the inside since his birth. But now the outside was showing. He was seeing it. He was going, oh, I can't do this. And the man God, the wrestler, asked him in that moment, what do you want? He said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And, and then he said, who are you? Who are you? What is your name? Don't miss this. This is the most important part of the message. What is your name? I know the last time this question was asked you, you said Esau. You've been having issues trying to figure out who you are since the day you were born. I didn't ask what your brother's name is. I didn't ask what your grandpa's name is. Oh God of Abraham, this isn't about your daddy. This isn't about Billy Joe. Quit hiding behind your dad's name. Quit hiding behind the microphone and the stage. Paul, who are you? What is your name? Because I don't wanna just be your daddy's God. I wanna be your God. And I want to heal the wound inside your heart. You've been hiding behind your dad for too long. Every time I want to talk to you, you're talking about your dad. You got to start talking to me. Who in the world are you? Do you know who you are? Because I know who you are. You're not what they've said about you. You're not a cheater, you're not a liar, you're not a stealer. You're not a deceiver, you're not a manipulator. I know you did bad things, but you're not a bad person. You're not an addict. You're not an addict. You're not addicted, you're not afflicted. You're a child of God. You're a prince. You're a prince. You're a princess. You got royalty inside your blood. You're a child of the king, the king over addictions, the king over cancer, the king over sickness, the king over poverty, the king over dysfunctional families, the king over drugs, the king over alcohol, the king over whatever it is you've been trying to cope with to heal the inner you, you are my child. He says, what's your name? And Jacob says, I'm Jacob. I guess I'm the guy they said I always was. I'm, I'm him. Finally, he, he answers who he is. He says, this is me. No filters, no fake accounts. This is me, but I'm ready to change. And that night, the man said, God said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you've struggled with God and with humans, and you've overcome. You're still standing, you're still standing. There's a reason why you're still here. They said you wouldn't last a year, but you're still here. There's a reason you haven't died yet, because God's not finished with you yet. You're not what they've said about you. You are God's child. Stand up to your feet all over this place. So that night, Jacob said, but what's your name? And the guy said, I'm not here to tell you my name. I'm here to tell you your name. And so Jacob named that place Peniel. He said, this is the place where I met God. And he spared my life. I met God face to face. I wrestled with God. And as soon as Jacob got up, he crossed over the Jabbok." we don't have time to talk about that but that's just an ironic thing right there that Jacob crossed the Jabbok he was crossing over who he used to be into where God wanted him to be and he looked up and all of a sudden his brother Esau was coming with 400 soldiers he had no filters, no fake accounts in verse 3 Jacob bows down to Esau don't kill me, don't kill me I finally found out who I am I finally found God I finally have met my maker please don't kill me but I know I deserve to die And watch what Esau does. Esau, the man who's been cheated by Jacob, the man who's been deceived by Jacob, the man who lost what was rightfully his, gets off his horse and he runs towards Jacob, not with the sword, but with arms wide open. He says, I love you, brother. I love you, brother. I love you, brother. I love you, brother. That's what the church is supposed to look like. That when you get real with God, God settles your accounts And he deletes your fake accounts. You gotta face God. You gotta face yourself. You gotta surrender yourself. And here's the last one right here you gotta forgive yourself. Jacob had been forgiven by his brother, he had been forgiven by God. And now it was time for Jacob to forgive himself with heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you're here right now. And you need to forgive yourself. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. You, you have been holding on to self-blame for so long, self-shame and hatred, and guilt. But today, you're saying, I, I'm i ready, I'm ready to cross over into that forgiveness of myself. Your hand's going up. Yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes ma'am, yes ma'am, yes, 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 yes. Before you can make peace with Esau, you got to make peace with yourself. You gotta face God, you gotta face the inner you. All over this room you're here today and you say, Paul, there's some things inside me that I've been struggling with, wrestling with, some issues that I've been blaming on other people, other relationships, but today I'm ready to surrender those to God. Maybe you've known all about God, you've memorized all the scriptures, but you don't know God for yourself today. It's time to just surrender to him. If that's you, just raise your hand. Yeah, all over this room. You've been struggling, you've been wrestling. It's time to get real with God. When you get real with God, God gets real with you. If you raised your hand or should have raised your hand, just leave your seat, just come down to the altar. No filters, no fake accounts. Just come, come just as you are. Draw close to God, surrender. There's room at the altar for you, for the real you. Will the real you please stand up? Will the real you please stand up? Will the real you please come forward today? Let's just worship God in this place right now. If you want to come to this altar, just come down to the altar right now. Join me at this altar. It's time to make peace with God. It's time to let God heal the father wound inside you. To touch the areas that you've been hiding. In Jesus' name. he loves you he loves you loves you right now, not the future you, not the perfect you, not the better you, not the you with all the filters that hides all the pimples and hides everything. He loves you with no filters. He loves the real you. And he says, come just as you are. Come, Jacob, until you show me, until you tell me you are Jacob, I cannot change you from the inside out. He loves you. Draw me close to you. never let me go. I lay it all down again. To hear you say that I'm your friend. You're my desire. You're my desire, God. No one else will do. No one else will. Else could take your place. Cause nothing else could take your place. You're my father, God. To feel the warmth of your embrace, Help me find a way. To bring me back to you. Sing it with me. You're all I want, God. You're all right here This is your moment with God He's meeting you in the dark place He's meeting you in the separated place He's meeting you in the place of isolation so that he can do the healing work inside you You alone alone are all I want, oh Lord, and you alone I am complete. Just say this with me, Jesus. I surrender to you. I'm all yours. You complete me. You are my God, my father. You love me. You're with me. You're for me. You're all I need. I repent of sin, doing things my way. I want your will, your way in my life. No more pretending, no more faking. staying late. Church, I love you so much. Thank you for listening to Victory with Paul Doherty. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services, Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.